Welcome to the Conversion Tracking Playbook, where we share how to overcome tracking challenges that e-commerce brands face today and real-world examples of transforming data into insights. Welcome back to another episode of the Conversion Tracking Playbook. I'm your host, Brad Redding, and today's topics, they're going to be a little bit, uh, a little bit of out of left field compared to what you have heard in the past where we are very tracking heavy. Today's topics, I am going to go through largely how to think about marketing during a market downturn, recession, stagflation, whatever you want to call it. We all know what's going on in the economy. And so the topics are going to dig deep into this. And I've been doing a lot of reading and research um, which I'm going to pick out the areas that I think are most relevant for our listeners and you. And then we'll dig into how to adjust and think about adjusting your marketing and messaging to meet the consumer where they are. I'm a consumer, so my my needs have changed based on where we are. And then we're going to go through, go through some ideas that I have and uh, how to think about potentially adjusting your holiday strategy. So let's, uh, without beating around the bush, let's just jump right into it. So. We, whether you think we are in a recession currently or heading towards a recession, uh, obviously the stock market and Shopify specifically has taken a big hit, but I'm going to rewind, go back to 2008, 2009. And at that point in time, I'm going to use an example for me, Chipotle. Chipotle was fairly new. And at that point in my mind back then, I knew that people would still want to spend. People still want to spend money. They still want experiences in their life. Some still want that dopamine hit from buying things that just make them happy, give them pleasure, whether it's for a second or or hours or days, depending on what they're purchasing. So back then, I had a, a, a hypothesis that people still wanted to go out to eat, but they instead of going to a restaurant where they're spending $30, $40, $50 on a meal, they're going to go, but they don't want to go all the way to potentially fast food, McDonald's, et cetera. What's the middle ground? And Chipotle was and still is really that that middle ground where it's 10 to 15 bucks and they're going to get a good meal but it's again they're they're still experiencing going out to eat but they are not spending that 30 40 50 bucks and uh th- this was I was looking I was convincing myself back then why I wanted to buy Chipotle stock when it was you know 30 35 bucks and it quickly ran up uh to 65 70 dollars and thought I was a genius but and I'm not a genius because I don't even know where it's at now, but I don't hold it anymore. But anyways, I, I think that is when I went through this Harvard Business Review article, which essentially it's is titled How to Market in a Down Economy, which will be linked in the show notes. And they went through different consumer segments, and which I'm going to go through on this uh, this podcast. So they break down consumers in a recession can be divided into four groups. Number one, the slam on the brakes segment. So this is a segment which feels the hardest hit and they essentially reduce or cut all types of spending. Cohort number two, the pained but patient consumers. And this is the largest segment and likely covers a lot of, uh, a lot of our customers. That consumer is, is is like that Chipotle example I referenced where they are going to economize in each area, so potentially cut or reduce spending, but not cut entirely. And they're not going to be as aggressive as the slam on the brakes, you know, cut all spending uh, because they have to in some cases. 
the next cohort is going to be the comfortable, well-off individuals that consume at a near pre-recession level, but they become more selective. So they maybe will think twice, you know, measure measure twice, cut once in terms of their purchase behavior versus just, you know, the wallet's open, the card is is uh, free to go at an, any given time. And then last but not least, the fo- fourth cohort is the live for today consumers, where they pretty much carry on as usual and responding to the recession by extending their timetables for making major purchases. So it's not that they don't want to make a purchase. They just may need to wait a little bit longer to save up their cash, et cetera. I would imagine if I were to rank these, I would say between number two and four, the pain but patient or the live for today consumers encompass a lot of, of our customers just, again, taking a very broad stroke uh, guess at that. So when you start breaking these down, these four consumers down, and there's a visual, there's a really red, yellow, green visual, a uh, nice a nice one that Harvard put together and it'll be in the show notes. You break down those four segments by essentials, treats, postponables, expendables. So you look at, okay, think about an essential. Essential is going to be food, th- things of that nature. How is the, each consumer going to react? The slam on the brakes, they will seek lower cost product and brand substitutes such as private labels. So an easy example here is you go to the grocery store, you want to get cereal. Instead of buying Kellogg's, you buy the Harris Teeter brand or the local supermarket brand. It's still cereal, you're just buying a cheaper version of it. And then you can work your way down going to the pain but patient. How do they react in that essentials category? The comfortable well-off, the live for today. So live for today is going to continue buying favorite brands at pre-recession levels. And this is based on their research that they discovered and uh, over analyzing multiple recessions. And you can really just look at this graph here the, in a quick visual to see, okay, expendables, which is the opposite end. So there's a risk of sales downturn on the low end is essentials. On the high end is going to be the expendables. On the high end is where we get into the red, where the, the market will decline. So the slam on the brakes for expendables, they're just going to eliminate purchases in this category altogether. And if we look at the opposite end of the spectrum, the live for today consumer, there's going to be a mixed market. So some may stay, some may spend more, some may spend less. But the live for today consumer is reluctant to regard any customary purchases as unjustifiable. They may not want to expand consumption to new types of purchases. So they are potentially going to still purchase their existing, but not buy any new. So not expand into a new category. You could take this a million different ways. It could be Hey, I used to wear this or I've, up to this date. I've worn this type of attire for my athletic work mix, and I really haven't gotten into athleisure. It's probably a bad example. I think everyone's in athleisure from COVID, but let's say it didn't really go, go deep into just completely adjusting their wardrobe where they're in that mix of, okay, my work, work attire is my workout wear as well. They may not get into that particular segment. They may, may not decide. They may hold off on. All right, I'm going to overhaul my wardrobe and go straight here. So that's a breakdown. I highly recommend looking at this. It, there's details in each one of these blocks, and uh, it's just interesting. And it'll be it'll likely resonate or bring ideas to you during in your business. There is a another really cool graphic in this which talks about tailoring your tactics and using the same cohorts. So the slam on the brakes, the Pained but patient live for today. So looking at those same segments, 
in looking at the tactics that, again, Harvard, based on their research, is potentially recommending as a course of action. So I've I've picked out a few of these and referenced just some general ideas that I have that are more specific to e-commerce. And I'm going to go through those here in a second. But again, the gist here is the tactics that we, all of us, whether we're an e-com or a B2B SaaS, a grocery store, retail, et cetera, the tactics that we were using a year, two years ago, they are going to have to evolve over the next year. And that's just, again, the, the, with the economy rac- rapidly changing and everything else that's going on that's uh, impacting e-com, we just need to change our tactics. It could just be copy, it could be messaging, it could be measuring, it could be CRO tactics, whatever it might be, but we testing in or, or adjusting those messages is something that, again, the tailoring your tactics visual can help spurn some ideas for you. All right, so let's go into some ideas. The comparison to, so think about, okay, I'm a consumer and I'm ready to buy. I may or may not be looking at something new or maybe analyzing my existing purchase habits against, okay, I need to find a hundred bucks to cut in my budget because I'm spending a hundred dollars more per week on groceries, literally getting the same thing or even or gas or whatever it might be. So using the comparison to other products or comparison to the status quo. So the comparison pages, I don't know if I, I know, I don't know the exact percentage if I were to guess the percentage of e-com sites in general that have a comparison type feature, probably less than 10%, maybe a little bit more if we include quizzes as a way to compare, but quizzes probably gets you more than that 25%. But anyways, I think com- comparing products and comparing your product to others and or the status quo like this, depending on what you sell, could be pretty powerful. Going back to that, the uh, consumer packaged goods where, okay, if I can get something ordered and shipped to me and let's use protein or, or protein bars or something along, along those lines and start comparing that to, okay, if someone, it's a very drastic example, but if someone's used to buying a lot of meat or chicken or steak or whatever it is, and we know that the increased cost of that where they're gonna have to drive the grocery store and and buy you know their package of chicken, which costs 30, 40% more than what it is, you can start doing that comparison of, okay, what are you selling that shows up at the doorstep that if they're buying that for, if you know that your customer isn't necessarily buying for the taste per se, but for the, hey, I need protein, I need my amino acids, I need whatever it is to keep me healthy. I think that's a different perspective that you could take approaching the comparison side versus just a, I'm going to compare my my protein bars to my competitors' protein bars and my other competitors' protein bars and look at flavors, things like that. So again, that's a, um, I actually didn't prep that example, but it sounds pretty cool to myself just talking through it, but there's comparisons into savings. So saving money in the down market as well. And this could be, again, just meeting your customer where they are. Hey, if you're commuting to work, you you have to go back to work where it's no more remote working from home and how much is that impacting your gas and et cetera. And save some time going to the store. We'll ship these things to your uh, to your house or don't worry about driving to you know a retail store or go shopping downtown or whatever it might be. Save that gas money, save that cost, and we'll get it to your doorstep with free shipping, whatever it might be. So I think there's there are other unique angles to think through in the quote unquote comparison type. It doesn't always have to be a table or a grid. 
It could be more, uh, you know, blog style, just talking through it with a, or video, obviously video would likely perform a lot better. So that's one idea to consider. The next one is joint brand promotions. And this, this would be, I, I called this the quote unquote Shopify audiences, but for think about your email and or SMS. So find finding a complementary brand with similar uh, personas, so your ideal customer profile. So finding a complementary brand with a similar customer profile that you can co-market to. And this is, if you get literally one customer, if you get one customer from this, that's a win. It didn't, depending on what your setup is with the brand, if you're not exchanging money and you're just exchanging essentially co-promotion, there's really no hard cost to this other than time to strategize on this. And there is a quote from Ryan Dice uh, from Digital Marketer that stands out three to four years ago in my, my coaching group. Ryan was talking about just content marketing and email flows, things of that nature. And he said something that, again, is just it's ingrained in my brain. I'll, I can't unhear this. And the, he was talking about, hey, when you get an email flow started and, you know, email this day and the next day and the next day and the next day. And, and there, some questions came up like, Hey, isn't that too much? Or he might've even just, uh, preemptively mentioned this. Hey, you might be thinking, isn't that too many emails? You're going to annoy people and people are going to unsubscribe, et cetera. And he said, at the end of the day, you really don't matter that much in people's lives. You, the brand do not matter that much in customers' lives. And I took that as a, actually, you're right. Just thinking with Elevar, do we provide value and, and provide things for our customers? Yes, of course. Do we obsess over that? Yes, and you likely do as well. But at the end of the day, I know that if you're a customer listening to this, you're not thinking about Elevar 10 hours a day and it's a significant part of your family life, et cetera. And I, I think that way with myself with things that I purchase and, and our family purchases. I don't remember the content of marketing emails from one or two days ago. Uh, my wife, who probably has 50 emails that she's getting from different, uh, different brands, which is obviously very common, very normal, is the, the ability for her to retain knowledge of every single marketing email for all of these over multiple days, it's just not going to happen. It is a read the email. Does it stand out? Does it trigger uh, a reaction? If not, basically, I'm going to forget that memory. I'm not going to waste my space in my brain. So again, you really don't matter that much in people's lives to worry about email and someone's not really going to be thinking that much about it. His whole reason for stating that is you, you only get so many at bats. So just make sure you're capturing attention via email in this case. So I, I state that to just potentially break down the barriers if this was something you've thought about doing in the past and doing some co-marketing with other brands, but you're worried about just uh, infiltrating or annoying people. It could be pretty cool, especially if it if you position it around the, hey, we know what's going on in the market and you're likely feeling the impact of various cost increases. So we've partnered with brand X, Y, and Z who we're really good friends with and created this promotion that you can save, you know, to deal and blah, 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 whatever you want to, you want to do it. It this this literally fits within multiple and that tailoring your tactics grid and this particular aspect, not that it's literally, you know, the, the sharing the email list, but doing co-marketing that can that's sprinkled across multiple in the slam on your brakes tactics or the, the live for today tactics 
this concept uh, is something that they saw as a potential winning strategy in a recession. All right, so the next one, next idea, not really idea. If you've been a customer of ours long enough, you've probably heard us harp on this quite a bit, but it's it's copywriting. So it's copywriting changes, focusing on savings, again, focusing on comparisons, just using literal language, meeting people where they are in their day-to-day. So that this, this copy is just testing it, tweaking it, and uh, potentially in your email or SMS flows, looking at how to sprinkle that in as well. The next idea is, and this is one called out in that Harvard Business Review case study in the Tailinger Tactics, it's awareness advertising. And again, the continue awareness advertising is in this, even in the slam on your break segment because you don't want to lose it. You don't want to lose a customer if they just stop spending, go on with their lives for three to four months, fall back on that Ryan Dice quote where you don't really matter that much in people's lives. And then potentially when they're ready to initiate spending again, you don't want to be left behind uh, because they don't, they just, again, move down with their lives and don't have that awareness of your brand. So this is one, the easy ones here, focusing on organic TikTok, uh, YouTube shorts, other things that low cost, um, or you can just do that potentially wider funnel and just and get in front of folks through, uh, through general prospecting and, and blog or article promotions versus pro- pushing products. Another one that... I don't see too many brands and I'd love if you are listening to this and you know of one, if you know of a, a direct-to-consumer brand that has their own podcast, I'd love to see it, hear it. So just shoot, shoot me an email, brad at getlovar.com. But this could be another one where you create a, a podcast on a topic that fits in that world of your customer. So you just go back to the protein bar Example, if you are, if your customer is, is healthy and they are uh, active and they're going to maintain that through any market economy, recession, et cetera, or market downturn, excuse me, if you can create a podcast, creating a podcast, if you do it right, you start with video. So the Gary V method is doing the, your pillar, your pillar content, do a video recording, aka podcast, and it could be on YouTube, then you can have it repurposed into an actual podcast depending on how you structure it and flow, that you can then cut it into TikToks and YouTube shorts, et cetera. But creating that podcast, just creating that content and it could be around how to remain active during a downturn or whatever it might be, but just create, create a topic. Uh, the growth in podcasts, I don't have the numbers, I didn't research this, but it's just, it's growing exponentially. And uh, I would assume that is going to continue regardless of what's happening in the economy as uh, potentially more people aren't going out to Two things might be hanging out at home a little bit more just to save money and uh, indulging in podcasts or YouTube, et cetera. So that's another one. And then the last idea to go through today would be private events. And so think about a flash sale, a semi-annual sale, et cetera. Uh, This again was a tactic called out in this tailoring your tactics guide. Uh, If you do not have any of these big sales outside of the, the major ones, it could be you create your own quote unquote holiday and uh, push and, and promote around that. You could, for example, do a like pre-holiday, pre-Black Friday, which I'll touch on in a minute with uh, uh, another note, just thinking about holiday holiday sales ahead. But using this, using, I mean, you're competing against other competitors, just you're not necessarily competing, competing against competitors only. You are competing against the fixed and declining amount of spend that customers have. 
So again, this is the creating that hype, creating your own holiday, and uh, again, focusing on something new. So you can create a new, have a run a promotion that's featuring products as must-haves or new, even if they are not new to you. Let's say they're a couple months old. It can still be new to a consumer if they, again, aren't following everything that you're doing on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis. That's another one to consider, another idea that was called out that I thought was worthwhile chatting about. And uh, hopefully these five or six ideas are helpful. Again, the the link to the full article is uh, is in the show notes, so you can check that out. All right, so let's transition into the uh, holiday. So the this one will be a little bit shorter. Last year, I would say majority of feedback that I personally was hearing and just speaking with customers and just reading uh, across different groups that that I'm in is last black quote unquote Black Friday Cyber Mon- Monday period was essentially a dud. It didn't meet expectations for many, and I think that isn't necessarily because anyone was doing wrong. It's just we look at our historical data, assume it's going to stay somewhat the same so we can say all right let's we're going to maybe move it back a couple of days and expand out instead of starting wednesday we're going to start the promotion period that monday before black friday and uh, extend it through the following week anyways so i think that was one that this has been happening every year i i think i've it's probably been in one of our strategy of the week emails for customers from two or three years ago talking about hey we pulled some data last year and we looked at the last two years and we're seeing spend start to pull back and it just keeps pulling back farther and farther and farther every year where it's not just Black Friday and in Cyber Monday anymore. It's not just that week before. We have brands and customers that are starting their holiday shopping season in October. So I would keep that in mind when thinking about this year going into a recession. Again, I'm not here to say we are or or not, but in any case, there's there's stuff happening, stuff happening out there. And Salesforce had a pretty good uh, summary on this, and which I 100% agree with. They are predicting that holiday shopping is going to pull back even earlier this year. So quote, the main motivating factor driving early purchases will be inflation. According to Salesforce research, 42% more shoppers worldwide plan to start buying gifts earlier, which is the number one behavioral change this holiday due to inflation. They hope to snag their holiday gifts before prices rise too much. And this is potentially a way to fall, like combined with that private promo sale, uh, the flash sale idea from the previous area talking about the, the tactics. But I think if you believe that as well, then again, the race, the, the race or competition isn't with a competitor, it is with the consumer's wallet, which is being impacted through rising prices. So I would take that. I, I 100% agree. This is not going to be, I think spend's going to come back earlier. Spend will likely go down, not necessarily because people can't spend, but if they are in that market where, again, they have that fixed income and they're, they reduce their additional expenses and they're just paying more because everything's more expensive today. So that's something I would, uh, I would also consider is just looking at your overall, you know, we're almost in August. So what is that? What's the next five months of the year look like? And there's a really good podcast called the uh, the All In Podcast I listen to quite a bit. And they've just been harping for a year and a half, it seems, just about how 30, I don't know what the number is, but like, you know, $30 trillion was basically printed into the economy. 
And now we're seeing all of that money getting sucked back out. So there was an analogy they used a while back. It's like a uh, white water rafting type of river where for a couple of years, there was all this money being poured. So the, the rapids were going and now it's all being sucked back out. So it's like, think about all that water being sucked back in from a tunnel or the cave or whatever that's that it's coming out of. And that's part of what we're seeing. And again, I'm not going to, I'm going to essentially stop here and not get into the economic debate, uh, debate and what's going on because I'm obviously no expert there. I know conversion tracking analytics and CRO and uh, SAS, and that's my, that's my jam anyway. So I, I think just being cogniz cognizant that that's what's happening is, uh, is just another, I'd say triangulating different insights and feedback from others that are smarter than me that just looking at that and taking that into consideration. And again, just passing that on in terms of next five months, what are some, what are some of the predictions out there like Salesforce? What do we just see in the economy happening through rising prices and inflation? And, uh, hopefully this can help you maximize the next five months of 2022 for you. And certainly not trying to be a, a Debbie Downer with all this stuff. I am trying to do walk the walk and meet you where you are in your business and your world and likely facing some of these questions with the market and just not knowing what to expect. So if this was helpful, again, this was a little bit out of the ordinary with the conversion tracking podcast type. But if you enjoyed this, I'd love to hear from you. Just shoot me an email, brad at getelevar.com. And if you'd like potentially to go deeper on this topic, uh, I can look at bringing on some guests that are, again, more knowledgeable than I am. And uh, if you did find this helpful, I'd love if you could share, find a few other uh, folks, uh, whether it's in Facebook groups, Slack groups, et cetera, as uh, just share this so we can I can expand the, uh, the reach and, and messaging of this and uh, continue to provide value back. So that's it for today. I have a, a really exciting guest that'll be on next week's episode. I'm not going to share who it is. I've worked with her for many years and uh, I'm excited for you all to hear that one. So with that, have a great week and see you next time. Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, we release two new episodes per week. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else that you subscribe and listen to your podcasts. I also have a favor to ask. I'd really appreciate if you could leave a comment or review so I can learn exactly how to improve future episodes for you. And last but not least, if you want to connect with me, find me on LinkedIn by searching Brad Redding at Elevar. That's E-L-E-V-A-R. Or you can DM me on Twitter. My handle is I am Brad Redding. I look forward to connecting with you. Thanks again.